0: sask ag today is brought to you by future ford in melville future ford is your automotive expert from sales to service they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner sask ag today
1: with rod mcdonald good afternoon it's a 16 after 12 after one in manitoba coming up today on sask ag today manitoba agriculture out with its weekly crop report i spoke with Manitoba Agriculture's James Fry about the crop report this morning and of course always seem to discuss the rain or lack of rain and that was the case again this past week Uh, very little rain was received across the province and uh, certainly very dry but not to the point where RMs in Manitoba are considering declaring agricultural disasters, like, of course, we've seen in uh, southwest and west central Saskatchewan, but still awfully dry. With the hot, dry weather, though, it's promoting rapid crop development. And James says uh, we're seeing some early harvest activities getting underway in Manitoba, but we'll get more details coming up when we speak with James Fry on the program today. And uh, speaking of the drought situation over in the southwest and west central regions of the province they've been having producer meetings town hall meetings for uh, producers to attend and find out what sort of supports are available to them or to raise concerns and perhaps uh, get those concerns addressed there was another one held in cabri yesterday and we'll hear from some of the participants uh, who took part in that meeting. About 100 people attended that meeting yesterday afternoon and uh, lots of good information shared, once again, uh, among producers who are facing extreme drought situations in that part of the province. Those stories and more are coming up today on GX on Agriculture. Beef and Forage Reports. Well over 100 people packed the Cabri Community Hall yesterday afternoon for a town hall meeting to discuss current supports for drought-stricken producers in that region. The meeting was hosted by the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, also in attendance for staff from Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation, a few R.M. Reeves, SARM President Ray Orb, SAS Party MLA for Cypress Hills Doug Steele, and Tory MP for Cypress Hills Grasslands Jeremy Patzer. The CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan, says two programs have received the most attention from producers, the Forage Rainfall Insurance Program and the Low Yield Threshold Program to divert grain to feed. I mean, the challenges with the Forage Rainfall Program is,
0: you know, Saskatchewan's a fairly large uh, province, um, there are somewhere in the neighbourhood of over between 180 and 190 weather stations that SCIC uses uh, across Saskatchewan to try and track weather data and, and, and rain amounts. But it just seems to be that that's insufficient. I know SCIC officials were there fielding questions about that program. But yeah, the the general theme is that the number of those stations is insufficient and doesn't seem to really capture on-farm, I guess, producers' experiences on their on their farms and ranches. So it's, uh, it's a program that people are looking to see improvements in, especially to support them as they get through drought conditions.
1: McClellan says crop insurance staff were very engaged with producers attending the town hall meeting, adding that Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation has been told to go back and see what improvements can be made to those programs. It's, of course, a federal partnership program under uh, the the BRM programs.
0: And so they are, in some cases, tied into how they can make some improvements. But I think they are very engaged. I think they're just as appreciative as the producers to be at these meetings and to hear directly from folks about how those programs are working for
1: them. One observation that McClellan has made through these town hall meetings is that the people are being very thankful for them coming out and having an opportunity to speak and for making the meetings as comfortable as possible. It's been a very respectful space. And
0: I think at the same time, we can take away that people are worried they're stressed out. And frankly, they are a little just there's some level of of frustration again with this ongoing, persistent drought and these conditions that they've been faced. We know that this is not just their livelihood, this is their entire life in a lot of cases. And so when people are faced with these challenges and and it seems like every time they get a little bit of good news, they kind of get knocked back again, whether that be you know, oppressive government policies like the carbon tax that add to their inputs, then they're also fighting the weather. And so all these kind of challenges, and they're just trying to make a go of it and provide a high-quality product, it's really disappointing for for those folks. So, yeah, there's definitely that sentiment in the room, but I think uh, overall people want to still try and make a go of it. There's a lot of pride tied to this profession.
1: Another town hall meeting will be held this afternoon in the Cadillac Community Hall, and McClellan is expecting a similar turnout and producer engagement.
0: Yeah, we've seen a a pretty good level of engagement um, from folks with very little prompting. We try to keep a very light agenda in terms of what we are talking to them about. We're there to hear from them, and people have like I said, felt, I think, very comfortable to bring concerns forward, to have some dialogue and discussion about what suggestions there are for program improvements or what kind of programs are needed for them to continue to be successful in the future or to see success
1: uh, come back to their operations in the face of uh, years of challenging conditions. And that's uh, Grant McClellan from the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. We also will be hearing... um from Chief Agricultural Editor of SaskAg Today, Kevin Hirsch, on those uh, town hall meetings. Kevin attended the meeting in Capri yesterday, and we'll get his thoughts on that meeting coming up just a little later on in the program today. That's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for Ag Review, and it's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. GX94 Ag Review. Harvest is slowly starting up in Manitoba. Some limited harvest of fall rye and winter wheat was reported this past week. Harvest is expected to become more general this week if the weather cooperates. Crop condition on fall seeded crops is reported as good to excellent. Early yield reports are from 60 to 70 bushels per acre on open pollinated fall rye to upwards of 80 to 90 bushels an acre on hybrid fall rye. Most spring cereal crops are in the intermediate to hard dough stage. Application of pre-harvest herbicides could begin at the end of this week on some early seeded fields. Again, if weather allows, most of the canola crop range from flowering to about 80% complete to mid-pod fill. Overall crop condition ranges from fair to mostly good. Some crops are showing drought stress, however, as areas in fields are starting to show flowers aborting. Russia attacked a key Ukrainian port today, sending global food prices higher. The attacks halted ships in their tracks as they prepared to arrive there to load up with Ukrainian grain in defiance of a de facto blockade that Russia reimposed in mid-July. Ukraine's deputy prime minister said warehouses and grain elevators were hit in the attacks and 40,000 tons of grain were damaged. The port across the Danube River from Romania is the main alternative route out of Ukraine for grain exports since Russia's blockade halted traffic at Ukraine's Black Sea ports in mid-July. Wheat prices rose by nearly 5% following the attack due to concern about to hit global supplies from driving Ukraine, one of the world's top exporters, off the market. Russia has attacked Ukrainian agricultural and port infrastructure for more than two weeks now since refusing to extend an agreement that had lifted its wartime blockade of Ukrainian ports last year. And Egypt which is the world's largest wheat importer, along with other low-income Middle Eastern countries like Lebanon and Pakistan, are worried about what comes next now that Russia has pulled out of that crucial grain deal. The deal brokered by the UN and Turkey allowed Ukrainian grain to flow during the global food crisis and helped stabilize food prices that soared last year after Russia invaded Ukraine. Russia pulling out of the grain deal is creating uncertainty about price hikes. Manitoba Agriculture Minister Derek Johnson has announced changes to the Agricultural Crown Land Leases and Permits Regulations. The program designed to support improving forage productivity, growing the livestock industry, and advancing sustainability. Johnson says after a 45-day public comment period, the province is revising the Agricultural Crown Land Leases and Permits Regulation to improve the program for all who Use it, The changes being made include reducing forage lease rents over the next several years, extending lease terms to a maximum of 20 years from 15, when producers invest in forage productivity improvements, and enabling 15-year leaseholders to transfer the remaining years of their leases to an eligible third party. The amendments are set to take effect January 1st of next year. A new USDA report on U.S. honeybee colonies shows continued high losses of those colonies. Gary Crawford has more in this report. It seems the nation's honeybee colonies continue to be under siege. The latest USDA report shows the number of colonies down from a year ago. The number of colony losses up. Now, last year, USDA reported that on January 1st of 2022, the number of colonies was only down from the year before by 1%. But on January 1st of this year, the number of colonies down by 7% at just under 2.7 million. And the downward pressure has continued into 2023. USDA reports the number of colonies lost during the January through March quarter, that number up by 14%. Colonies lost with symptoms of colony collapse disorder, those losses are up by 25%. What's going on with the bees? Chris Hyatt's president of the American Honey Producers Association, he thinks there are multiple causes.
2: Barroa mite passing viruses is way less forage, climate change with drought.
1: And possibly some issues with pesticides too. And one more thing, some big U.S. pork producers that have spent money to comply with a California law requiring more living space for certain farm animals are lukewarm about legislation proposed in the U.S. Congress that would overturn the state law. The lawmakers have said their aim, in part, is to overturn California's Proposition 12, which bars the sale, in the state of pork, veal, and eggs from animals whose housing conditions fail to meet certain standards. But several major pork producers have said publicly they intend to comply with the California law when it takes effect January 1st. Animal welfare groups say Proposition 12 is necessary because some sows and hens are housed in cages so small they can't turn around. Those opposing the new regulations say the law would not improve animal welfare, would just raise costs for hog producers, and could lead to more state restrictions. That is today's Ag Review. It's coming up on 1238-138 in Manitoba. And we have today's Closing Livestock Futures coming up next.
0: Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford.
1: Livestock market conditions. Livestock futures were down at the close today. October live cattle 180.50 down a buck 32. December live cattle closed today at 184.60 down a dollar two. September feeder cattle 250.10 down a dollar 80. October feeder cattle closed today at 251.85 down a dollar 55. October lean hogs 84.87 down 77, and December lean hogs closed today at 76.87 a hundredweight, down 37 cents. And those are today's closing U.S. livestock futures. We have the closing grain prices coming up here in about 10 minutes from now at 10 to 1, 10 to 2 in Manitoba. Welcome back to Saskag today. I'm Rod McDonald, sitting in for Doug Faulkner. Doug on vacation here for the next couple of weeks so you'll have to put up with me for a little bit weather wise another scorcher today sunshine looking for a high around 30 degrees might be a bit of a respite coming towards the weekend from the heat we'll get more details coming up when we check on our precision weather coming up at one o'clock this afternoon mentioned little earlier on in the program there was a special town hall meeting held in Cabry yesterday afternoon dealing with the drought situation over in the southwest and west central regions of Saskatchewan. About 100 producers thereabouts attended that uh, meeting yesterday. One of those at the meeting was chief agricultural editor of saskagtoday.com, Kevin Hirsch. Hirsch had multiple takeaways from the meeting, starting with how low participation is for cattle producers enrolled in programs.
2: Of the various programs that exist for cattle producers, such as the forage rainfall insurance program, it sounds like uh, participation is 25% or less. So that protection doesn't exist. Uh, a lot of producers say those programs have major flaws. They, they don't think they work very well. It was also interesting, though, that Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association said that they would looked at uh, programs in the U.S., uh, programs that are very similar to that livestock forage insurance program, uh, a rainfall insurance program, and uptake there was much higher, and they wondered whether it was because the uh, delivery of that, uh, this, uh, basically selling it to producers, is uh, through private companies that are on commission. So they've got uh, an incentive to go out and explain it to producers and and make sure the producers uh, uh, have the coverage that they will best suit them. So wondering if uh, if that is something that uh, can be can be done here. But overall, uh, there's just uh, a whole lot of hurt in in the cattle industry uh, where there's just uh, feed isn't in adequate supply and bringing it in long distances is going to be a, a huge freight bill.
1: Hirsch notes producers suggested to Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Corporation representatives at that town hall meeting that they improve on existing programs, such as the Forage Rainfall Insurance Program.
2: You have to pick the weather stations that you want to be indicative of rainfall in your on your operation but we all know that rainfall varies dramatically from one location to another so it's like playing a casino game trying to gamble correctly and you also have to weight it according to the rainfall percentage uh, of each month so there will be producers get support out of that but one of the complaints was that uh, the prices of uh, forage in that program were based on prices last winter and don't really reflect forage prices now. So one of the things they may be able to do is have a, a variable price option so that if prices increase, producers choosing that option would, would get better coverage. But all of these program changes take time. And so producers and, and Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, I think, is really pushing for a return to the agro recovery program that back in 2021 paid out $200 per head across uh, the whole of Western Canada, basically because the the drought was so widespread. So that's the big push for immediate help for producers, and the ask is more than $200 a head. But I think it's going to be, it might be more complicated this time to get that sort of agro recovery response from governments, unfortunately.
1: Hirsch says the challenge with the ask is that this year's drought isn't as widespread as back in 2021. So to regionalize the support, he believes producers will have to show receipts of importing hay from a considerable distance. Hirsch farms near Capri, so naturally he participated in yesterday's town hall meeting.
2: Well, I, mean, I have a trouble keeping my mouth shut, so I did uh, offer the opinion that it might be more palatable to governments if the any agri-recovery money was based on herd retention. La- the things were a little bit different in other provinces, but in Saskatchewan, a $100 came out in the fall or uh, fairly early on, and th- that was based on whether or not you are going to retain those cows or not. And then another $100 came out in, uh, later on, and if the cows were sold off, you didn't get that $100. But I think that to make the program saleable, I think it, it should be based on retaining those cows and not selling them off. So the, the overall goal would be to stop the ongoing reduction in, in the beef breeding herd.
1: On the low yield threshold, uh, threshold program rather from Saskatchewan Crop, Crop Insurance, Hirsch says there's little intake from grain farmers, possibly due to the timing of the announcement and a lack of understanding.
2: And I just don't think enough grain producers understand the benefits and what crop insurance is offering. I think it's a really good deal. But now in many cases it's getting too late and and those crops are in the maturing stage and don't make very good green feed. So I think that that program should have been out and explained and promoted earlier. But grain producers, I think, really need to understand what they're being offered under crop insurance and, and uh, both livestock and grain producers can benefit from that change made to, to programming, but I'm not sure that that's fully understood.
1: Overall, Hirsch says he felt it was an excellent meeting with a short slide presentation to start, then a Q&A with delegates, and he says most of the producers in attendance were from the cattle sector.
2: A very well run town hall meeting with a, a lot of passion, a lot of information, and it, it's probably uh, useful just to get together and commiserate because I think a lot of people are going through a really tough time and have mental challenges and, uh, you, you know, with uh, the situation being what it is.
1: That's Sask Ag Today Chief Agricultural Editor Kevin Hirsch commenting on a town hall meeting he attended in Capri yesterday, hosted by the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association. A similar meeting will be held this afternoon in Cadillac. Well, it's coming up on 11 before 1, before 2 in Manitoba. Commodities update futures down at the close today. November canola $774 a metric ton. That's off 510 from yesterday's close. January canola closed at 778.30 down 560. September Minneapolis wheat 849 a bushel down five and three quarters. September Kansas City wheat 787 down 17 and a half. September Chicago wheat closed today at 6.40 a bushel down 12 and a quarter cents. September corn 4.88 and a quarter down 8 and 3 quarters. September soybeans 13.76 and a half down 10 and a quarter cents. And September oats also closing down today at 4.34 and a quarter down 1 and a quarter cents. And those are today's closing grain prices. And finally, on SaskAg today, Manitoba Agriculture released its weekly crop report this morning. Hit and miss rain showers highlighted the past week in Manitoba. Manitoba Agriculture's James Fry says some areas are in desperate need of rain, but not everywhere. In the Northwest, Fry says the paw saw the most rain, 13
3: millimeters. Uh, and then we've had a bunch of weather stations uh, throughout the Northwest region that reported zero. So that includes Roblin where I'm located. Uh, a couple of locations across the Northwest region are surprisingly uh, greater than 100% m- uh, moisture over the compared to 30 year normal. So that includes San Clara again, Newdale, uh, Deloraine. So some areas are certainly getting those those rainfall events as they as they go by. Um, but, uh, you know, if we move further east in the province into the central region, most of that area is at about 70% normal. So certainly needing water. And then if we think about, uh, the temperature, most of the locations that, uh, we are looking at here in the northwest are at about 110% normal, uh, heat. So they've, you know, had an extra 10% heat over that 30 year average since May 1st. Uh, But then surprisingly, uh, some areas again sort of southwest of riding mountains saw some overnight temperatures dipping down to just under two degrees Celsius. So it's been kind of a, a wild ride. We see, you know, temperatures as high as almost 33 degrees last week and as low as two.
1: Fry says there are some areas where it's been very dry, but not to the point where RMS would consider declaring agricultural disasters. But,
3: but certainly looking at very dry conditions, um, there's, uh, for livestock, grass conditions that are, you know, quite challenging. Uh, a lot of pastures have received no rain at all um, over the last, you know, not just this week, but but into the weeks preceding. So some have certainly had to resort to, you know, bringing in bales or some form of supplemental feeding. And, uh, you know, and, and part of the challenge as well is that we we definitely see that there's Grasshoppers and those other things that are, you know, just competing for, for what grass is available. So, yeah, definitely um, something to be aware of as a livestock producer is if at all possible, you know, try to rotate animals just to stagger out that, that grazing effect. But, um, yes, difficult conditions, certainly.
1: Price says some limited harvest activity is underway in Manitoba with peas and winter cereals. Some of it has actually been...
3: Uh, combined already, uh, as as I will mention, also some of the peas have been harvested. But um, in here in the northwest, we uh, see mostly that uh, we're still in sort of that um, preparatory phase where we're swathing or or adding some herbicides to to help things dry down. In areas where the that harvest has occurred already, we see something in the neighborhood of 60 to 70 bushels for open pollinated. Uh, fall rye and something like 70 to 80 percent for hybrid uh, and generally speaking the prospects here in for areas that have not yet harvested do look pretty good so that's a uh, that's an encouraging sign
1: the hot weather is promoting rapid crop development price says spring cereals are quickly progressing
3: we mostly in a soft dough or a late milk stage uh, but you know of course with this heat especially this week as we're having Temperatures consistently in the 30 degree range, or or higher, uh, we're going to see those quickly progressing toward the firm dough. And the good news actually is that uh, we have um, the ratings for those wheat, uh, for those spring cereals is generally very high. See something around 10% rated as excellent, 70% as good, and 20% as fair. So the good news in all of this dry weather is that, uh, as far as spring cereal is concerned, we we have. None that is in the poor or very poor rating. Um, of course, one thing to think about, though, is that with the lack of moisture, a lot of those side tillers are not producing much and beginning to dry off.
1: Prime says about 80% of the canola crops in the northwest region have potted. Unfortunately for the stuff that is still blooming now,
3: as we move into this hot weather, you know, anybody who's familiar with canola will know that it's not a heat-loving plant and in the flowering stage so we do see some aborted flowers which are due to moisture stress or heat stress and that of course is going to have an impact on yield typically you know moving towards the top of the plant Um, but generally speaking we still see that the yield potential looks average to you know slightly below average so that's going to depend a lot on the specifics of the field and the moisture conditions and the seeding date moving into that.
1: Price says soybeans are generally at the R4 stage. He notes they could use a shot of rain. Uh, according to the report, uh, this is really a critical week for
3: getting rain, which, you know, is really as those pods would, would be attempting to fill with grain. So, you know, it's, uh, still, still yield potential there, even if for some fields, even if there is not uh, a very good rain, but, um, but a lot of fields definitely need need that shot of rain and, and compounding the issue is that we also see some late season weeds especially roundup ready canola that is popping up in in those soybean fields and of course that just means they're drinking up soil moisture as well. And, uh, and then just to touch on the peas as well, uh, we see those in R4 or R5 which is to say that they're in the full pod and those the later, later uh, more mature fields are beginning to um, get brown pods and uh, which are still not fully dry so some in fact have been harvested in our area too those would generally have been either very early seeded or potentially on kind of drier land that that the fields just kind of dried out but otherwise they're receiving uh, desiccants in some areas or you know harvested within the next two weeks or so
1: fry says livestock producers have largely completed their first cut some producers in the northwest will get a second cut but unless some timely rain is received, producers in the southwest will not get a second cut. Pry says with very little regrowth on second cut hay fields, producers need to be mindful of not cutting alfalfa too late.
0: That is an
3: important thing to take note of as a producer. If you are looking at doing a another cut on alfalfa, um, I think a lot of producers are waiting and hoping for more rain so that they can bump up that alfalfa regrowth uh, for a second cut. And, but important to remember, um, I would encourage producers to go and look at the specifics of a map um, that, that you can find a link to that on the crop report page. And it shows your growing region and the critical date for the latest alfalfa. So it's somewhere between August 13th and 15th for most of the northwest region. And the the um, critical thing to remember is that alfalfa requires a certain rest period at the end of the season to build back its root stores and um, all of that will play into overwinter survival. So if you cut it too late, you know, into September, you're going to see some impact on the, the alfalfa regrowth in the spring as you've just kind of made
0: it work a little too hard.
1: Again, that's James Fry. He's an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin. And that's about our time for Sask Ag. Today, we'll close out the program with our GX94 precision weather forecast for the entire listening area. That includes the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview-Mooseman, Indian Head, Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, and Russell regions. Sunny this afternoon, wind north-northwest 10 to 20, high 30. Clear tonight, wind east-northeast at 10, overnight low 13. Continuing sunny tomorrow, southeast breeze 10 to 20, and hot, high 32. Low tomorrow night, 14. Mostly sunny again Friday, not quite as warm. High 27 with the west-northwest wind 15 to 30. Partly sunny on Saturday, high again near 27. Partly to mainly sunny on Sunday, high near 25 degrees. On this hour's temperature roundup, twenty-four in the Paw, Winyard, Wadena, and Kelvington, twenty-six this hour for Hudson Bay, Saskatoon, Roblin, twenty-seven in Swan River and Dauphin, twenty-eight in Regina, Broadview Musiman, Indian Head, Shoal Lake, and Russell. Brandon, in the warm spot in the listening area at twenty-nine. In the York and Melville region, it's sunny. The wind is north at 18. Relative humidity, 40%. Our current temperature is 27 degrees. That's our time for today. Join me again tomorrow afternoon at 1215, 1:15 in Manitoba for Sask Ag Today. I'm Rod McDonald. It's time now for GX94's News and Sports Headlines. Thanks, Rod. We do have uh, your Jackson 94 bullpen. This is where you can tell the whole listening area about your next sale. So call our sales department if you have cattle to sell at 306-782-2256.
0: See? Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.